Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast. And today we are talking The Bad Batch. We just had episode 16 of The Bad Batch. So today we'll be talking not only about the season finale, but the entire season as a whole. Very excited. Uh, we've got a nice, quiet recording studio for today for both of us. How are you doing, Corey? I'm doing well. I, I've been just thinking about this all day, mm -hmm. trying to figure out my thoughts and just, it's been a sad one. A the sad journey's one. over. Well, over for a bit, but I mean. No more Bad Batch ever again. Yeah, so well, It's so going to be a few weeks cause... before there's anything new Star Wars coming out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the next big Star Wars myself. thing is, uh, is what's, Visions, right? That's like the. Yeah. And then. I don't really know. Then, isn't it Book of Boba Fett is after yeah, that? Yeah, that will be what, like December, I think? I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, November or December. No, I think uh, I think the announcement for all the shows said it was in December for the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, so. I think it said next Christmas or something at the end, or next December at the yeah. end of the show. I don't know when, uh, when Cassian is coming out. Um, I don't think that's until like 2022. Yeah. So we, we've got visions and then it's kind of quiet um, until December. But I mean, as Star Wars fans, especially from a TV standpoint, we've had a lot more quiet time than that. <laughs> like yeah. the fact that we even have all of this stuff is is great. The only, the only, only the kind joke. of thing about visions that's kind of unfortunate is, well, it's not really unfortunate just for like the, the podcast style. It's coming out all at once. So. Yeah, so, well, we'll figure out how we want to cover that anyways, because, like, we started off doing uh, weekly reactions for the Bad Batch, and we even mm -hmm. did, like, a live watch-along for the first episode yeah. of this one. Yeah. But uh, we did kind of fall off that. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll definitely talk about it on the show, but we'll have to figure out what format works there. Yeah, I'd say I could see us maybe doing something for, like, Mando, maybe, or, like, if, like maybe Kenobi where it's much shorter and I suspect more will happen each episode, but yeah, like that's something that could maybe lend itself a little bit better to weekly episodes, but it was also just a lot of work for us. So yeah. yeah. Trying to fit in all the books, especially when we were doing young Jedi Knights at the same time mm -hmm. where there's like 14 books there and we've really used that to, to yeah. fill some time. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of just as a reminder, um, next week we will be doing into the dark, right? That's the name. Uh, into the shadows, In, I believe. Actually, no, no, it's into the dark. Okay. The previous one was out of the shadows. So yeah. I'm sorry, sorry. So they're not in the dark for very long, because they're, well, whatever. Well, they, I, I well, guess it's different entities, out of the shadows, right? But then they're heading into the dark. But into the dark so. is a yeah. Okay. I think it might be separate. Like I think it's maybe one thing is coming out of the shadows at the same time someone else is going into the dark. All right. But, um, well, we'll figure out that and so much more next week with special guests from Kings and Generals. Mm -hmm. So that'll yeah. be fun. Uh, so if you guys want to read along, you can, you know, use a use your Audible uh, credit or your library or buy the book, whatever you want. Uh, that'll be fun. But get cracking because it's you know it's a it's a decent it's a decent length book compared to yeah. Young Jedi. It's like four hundred pages. Is it that long, really? It's pretty long, God but damn. it's uh, relatively small print, so it's not going to be crack out in an afternoon like we do with uh, Young Jedi Knights. Yeah, I think I think the audiobook was 12 hours, so that's, like, <clears> pretty <throat> standard. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? Any other Star Wars news before we go into things? Uh, no, not really. I don't think really much has 
come out worth talking about in the last week? No. Is there anything that jumps to mind for you? No. Um, really? We complained about the hotel last time, so yeah, very the resort hotel. I'm just I'm just looking at news. Um, we do have rumors, and I'll give a slight spoiler warning for the Ahsoka show, even though it is what it is. So if you don't want to know anything at all, even potential leaks, um, you know, wait thirty seconds. Yes. So I'm just trying to find the leak here, but they are casting for Sabine Wren apparently. Um, right. And and Jordan Mason, who who I know has said there's three front runners. So take from that what you will. I'm not going to go too far into that. I just don't think there's any point until we have one. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know any of them either. So yeah. Other than that, we've got the other thing I will mention is. Uh, we've got more Star Wars Essential Legends Collections books coming, um, yep. which is really exciting. And I think we'll be getting another unabridged audiobook for X-Wing. I think we'll be getting um, Wedge's Gamble. That's number two, right? Wedge's Gamble? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, I think that's pretty much it. So with that being said, I don't think there's a whole lot else. So we go into our spoiler-filled discussion of... Um, of the season finale, then maybe we can talk about the season as a whole later on. Yeah, sure. So just first off, what are your overall takeaways from it? What did you think about how it ended off? I liked it. Like I, I, I see people in chat and I'm, I'm don't think that this is like a, 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 an invalid point, but I see a lot of people complaining that like not enough happened. And I just, I like, I get the, kind of want to say that when there's a finale with a lot of action but i still feel like they managed to get a lot done like they we, we got some movement on the plot between um crosshair and the rest of the group uh we got a bit of a uh, a hook at the end there um i don't know what, what, what about you so i i can see where that sentiment's coming from because there wasn't much that got resolved in it that I'd consider like a core plot line for the show. Mm-hmm. So like if this had been an episode a few episodes ago, then that would have applied as, or then I, that wouldn't have been surprising or weird to me either. Mm-hmm. Cause like the crosshair plot is very much not resolved. We'd see them dealing mm-hmm. with each other directly. Uh, but the end result there is still, he's going with the empire. They're going off on their own and they just didn't kill each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like there's elements of him maybe thinking have i made the right choice or the wrong choice but it's still uh it's still not wrapped that up like obviously mm-hmm. it wraps up the fate of camino mm-hmm. but camino was also only camino's only important a, because of what was on it <laughs> yeah like yeah. It, it wasn't camino wasn't necessarily central a central plot line throughout the show mm-hmm. so the fact that it's wrapped up is very important and it did play a significant role but it isn't the kind of thing that you'd think uh is kind of like the the end of the plot line for the season yeah no i i that makes sense i see that complaint um i just i've always assumed that this is going to be like a longer show um uh, yeah i i get where that's coming from but I don't know. I, I just, I guess I just didn't have that feeling. I can't really, can't really justify it. I just, I wasn't left wanting at the end of the episode, especially where like I felt the last like two arcs really like the big, the big arcs kind of did a good job. Um, but yeah. Like, I guess the, the thing for me that 
like I, I still really enjoyed the episode and I really enjoyed the season overall a mm-hmm. lot more than I expected to. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing for me is that it didn't necessarily resolve anything for them personally. Mm-hmm. And especially when we've said kind of throughout the season, like it'd be nice to get some more development for some of the characters, specifically Tech and Echo. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Tech saying anything all episode. Yeah. Well, he had a... He- yeah, you're right. You're right. Echo did have a, a good line, like got some interaction with Crosshair in particular. I think that was, that was Tech who said that, wasn't it? Or sorry, yeah, Tech. Yeah. Uh, it's Echo that didn't say. Yeah, anything. I don't think Echo did anything. But... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Tech line about Crosshair was really good, I thought, and like showing that they're interacting a bit rather than just have it always be Hunter versus Crosshair. Mm-hmm. Like show that they're all connected a bit because mm-hmm. you get a little bit between Wrecker and Crosshair before and in this episode. Wrecker. You finally have Tech <laughs> doing that, but like yeah, Echo just he feels like a like a less useful droid. Almost like he doesn't. It's way less I'm, useful now that um they've got what's his name, Az. Yeah, and like Gonky has had more of a role in some of this stuff in the last few episodes than <laughs> than Echo has. Yeah, Gonky's been MVP at times. Um, but yeah, yeah. no, no I, I, I mean, we we should all expect that seeing a Gonk droid on screen, but mm-hmm. like still, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you're right. So what did you think about the... I've got a, on my stream now a picture of... Uh, I thought they did really good with Crosshair um, over these past few episodes. Where, like, before this episode, I think you can... Like, I kind of assumed, based on some of his, like, facial... Like, like some of his faces he had made and, like, how he reacted, people would talk to him. I'd kind of assumed that he was more close to defecting than he actually is where he's not defecting at all i do still think his path is kind of you know i i think it's pretty clear which way he's going and i mean it's star wars so it's never usually too complicated but but yeah i've enjoyed his uh his role i don't think i believe that he actually has a chip out though because mm-hmm. people were pointing out that he did seem like he was having head pains like maybe um, but I don't know. I just look at the scar and I just don't see it. I mean, it is kind of c- conveniently covered up by that blast he took from the Venator, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah I don't understand why his ship would have been taken out because I don't think the umpire would do that mm-hmm. for him. Uh, it doesn't seem like he'd do it himself or have the resources to do it himself if the umpire didn't want him to be able to do it. So I could see that, but like, I feel like if... A lot of times Star Wars does redemption just by like killing off the person. They do one good thing and then mm-hmm. they're dead. And they could have done it as in uh, just the same way they've done so many other characters. Like he saves Omega at the end and then he just dies or something. And that's his big redemption. But Star Wars, I, I've never liked that Star Wars only does that as redemption. Like they do mm-hmm. one nice thing, and then they die and there's no like examination of like how do you kind of make amends for things you've done before and how do you respond to the fact that some people are not going to accept you just saying hey i'm good now uh and i don't expect that to be like super heavily examined in a show like the bad batch uh but it 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 seems like if they're having him not defect yet uh it'd probably have to happen or be a bigger focus in the earlier part of season two, if it's going to happen rather than just have him like team up with them at the end. See, I, I could see them doing kind of like the, uh, the across the stars, you know, lovers in two different places thing where, um, 
where he's kind of struggling, but I, I don't know. Like I, I do feel like maybe it's maybe it just won't ever be in him to fully defect. Um, yeah. And like, maybe like that will end up with him, you know, going out in a, some sort of uh, just good way, some way that he's happy with. But I, I don't know. He, 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 the thing he seems to miss most is, like his brothers more so than like I don't he doesn't seem to regret anything he's doing you know what I mean yeah. other than like he's not with the the boys like he doesn't seem to have anything against killing like civilians or anything like that so yeah I'm not sure where the like how this is going to be resolved but it is kind of interesting and it it does seem like it's kind of that way on the other side as well where like the bad batch's main concern is just him being their brother rather than anything that he's done or is doing mm-hmm. like they're definitely willing to look past that mm-hmm. and yeah it's like I, there's so much stuff about like oh maybe they'll help set up the rebellion but i i don't think that will be the case and i don't know that i'd want that to be the case like maybe they end up in some sort of mercenary position and help the rebellion in some way mm-hmm. but i don't think we need like every team of people we see in uh in this era of Star Wars being part of the ultimate setting up of what we know as the Rebel Alliance. Maybe if they're involved in some other kind of specific anti-Imperial action, fine. But the, their thing doesn't seem to be shutting down the Empire, at least no. not yet. It's just, how can we survive right now when we're being hunted, when like the galaxy has kind of thrown us aside? I mean, there's been a couple times where like Hunter especially has done something to help like re- Rebels. Um, like he gave away those, uh, I don't remember what it was. It was like, oh, it was the, the super computer, um, or the, the super battle or the, what's it called? The, uh, tactical battle droid. Like he gave that brain, um, to the Martez sisters. Um, he doesn't charge, um, I forget who it was. There's someone who he doesn't charge. Like he does done a few little things. I agree that he's probably not going to be you know, form forming the alliance, but I think he might be kind of like rebel adjacent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like helping them out, but I don't want their main story to just be earlier rebels part two. No, I, I agree. Guess the, I agree. Cause like a lot of it is them trying to find a purpose for themselves. And that's kind of what Crosshair is doing on the other side. Mm-hmm. Or like when you, when Crosshair is talking about the reasons he's staying with the empire, it's not so much that he necessarily believes they're doing the right thing. He's okay with doing whatever he's told to do. But there's a lot of survivalist elements to it. Mm-hmm. He kind of seems like he wants he a spot. Yeah, and like they're, uh, he's trying to like pay them back for the opportunities he's given, and assuming he's going to be given more opportunities. When like mm-hmm. everything that we've seen so far has been like, no, actually, as soon as they're done with you, you're going to get tossed aside too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 th- I think that that's mostly right. I mean, we we haven't really seen, and maybe we will get the kind of more look into his ethics and stuff but i i mean i really don't know because yeah it's, it seems like you're right he does seem to be self-interested and the uh and, and yeah like i kind of mentioned earlier his big regret is you know whenever he has those like emotional face shots it's usually because it's he has to go hunt down his old squad or he's annoyed that he got left or something um but yeah well it, like he clearly has some pretty strong abandonment issues and mm-hmm. like he's 
he's still dealing with the fact that like the bad batch didn't stick with him yeah even though like both of the like each side of it sees it as like you made your choice which i think gets said 30 times in the episode yeah or throughout the season between like the him last and Hunter. episode too i like that where he's like yeah. you didn't give me a choice i thought that was one of my favorite bits of the season yeah but like he even says to to Hunter, like, since when do you care about the regs? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the implication is like, we've only ever had each other. Like we've been shit talking right these guys now, forever. <laughs> yeah. Like the Empire, maybe he doesn't have any real love for it, but it's what's keeping him with something to do right now. It's what's providing for him right now. And mm-hmm. that's what he's going to be on board with. Mm-hmm. And whether he feels any particular positive or negative way about the horrible shit they're making him do is less of a concern for him because he's not concerned about other people because mm-hmm. other people have not been concerned about him. Yeah. I see a lot of people in the chat talking about callous from rebels and he's like a good example of someone who's not callous. Callous isn't the character, not like callous C A L O U S, but like, yes, because, because callous thing is like, he ends up kind of regretting like who he's become and like what the empires made him do yeah. where, yeah, we haven't seen that so far. Um, but yeah, I guess we didn't see that with Kalos, you know, or, or for a while either. But I, I don't, I don't think he'll go in that direction. I think Crosshair will probably end up dead by the time the series is over, because I, I think most of the clones will, and I don't think most of them are going to have a happy ending. Like we all know, and like not just like the famous clones, but like there's no clones by the time of the original trilogy. So like, like they went somewhere, and I don't think it was I, somewhere good. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think Callus is the only one who we see deal with the consequences of leaving that. We don't really see him deal with many of the consequences directly. We see him deal with the one particular team who Erica kind of... Is a good is a good example. Yeah, like, I was going to say, Alphabet Squadron as a whole is that story, and that's mm-hmm. where we've seen it best. But, mm-hmm. like, Kane or Callus, he gets, like, kind of bonked on the nose for, like, hey, you did some bad stuff, but then him and Zeb become friends. Lovers. And Let's everyone just... Well, yeah, but... <laughs> Like, yeah, nothing. I think really Victory's price is probably going to be the main or really throughout Alpha Squadron is going to be like probably the best exploration of that we're going to see in Star Wars. I don't have many hopes for something surpassing. Yeah, I know. I don't think so. But it's been three books basically focused on that. I don't know. I don't even know if I want something else to cover that that deeply again with like how good of a job it did. But yeah, so that's I think we covered that point pretty comprehensively. Do you want to talk about the uh, I see a lot of chat about this in the in the comments so do you want to break down the the last scene because that was kind of the other big moment this episode was uh yeah sorry just before we get to that like what you were saying there was is a pretty dark way for the show to go Mm. oh yeah sorry like i was thinking during the episode though is there anything that has caused like the watching crosshair and omega underwater Mm -hmm. that felt like one of the most like desperate dark scenes in anything visually we've seen with Star Wars, mm. at least any of the shows or movies. Yeah. Is there anything that kind of like comes close to that for you? Cause I wasn't even thinking, you like, mean like when they were almost drowning, like when they're almost drowning. Yeah. Like maybe that's just how I mm. feel about drowning coming through, but like, I don't remember feeling that kind of sense no, of existential yeah. dread. There was, I was thinking that too, when she's Especially with a kid. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I was thinking that too, when like during the scene, when she's like in the the K or in the, in the thing that's falling, it reminded me of a movie I watched called Forty Three Meters Down or something. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to think of any other really dark moments on screen that come close to that. Um, yeah, like I mean, like there are violent moments, but get out. Yeah, yeah, there are violent moments, but that was 
yeah, that was definitely psychological. Um, mm-hmm. Like even the closest, uh, like it's it's more of a force of nature than like good versus evil mm-hmm. that you typically see in Star Wars. Like the closest thing I can almost think of would be like the Vader hallway scene in Rogue One, where he's just mowing people down and he's almost like a force of nature. But like even maybe when Anakin finds his mother, maybe. But, yeah, that's kind of different, but I'm just trying to think of anything else. But yeah, no, it is it is very very freaky. Part of that too is like how good the animation is, um, mm. where we've talked about this kind of throughout our uh, throughout our coverage of this show, and the water animation is a big thing. Um, they talked about this a little bit during uh, the Mandalorian because they had the one scene on the water planet during the episode the Heiress. Um, Camino. <laughs> no um it was like <laughs> mon calamari colony x but um well the, i forget the, you know that youtube channel that breaks all the special effects and stuff like they kind of covered right. how like there's the scene where uh his ship is in the water and it gets pulled out and like the water is kind of like running out from like every little hole and rivet and stuff and it's like there's not many companies other than ilm that can do that um and so this episode showed that off. I think like the physics of the actual thing, like the like Topoka City or whatever it's called, falling into the water was amazing. You got like the fire and the debris. It's just like there's. I don't think there's any other animate animated TV show that does it nearly as good. Yeah, and like that's a big part of what like Disney bought when they bought. Oh yeah, for sure. This film is ILM mm-hmm. and all the special effects, the volume, like the technical side of everything they do is always really impressive and kind of sets up the rest of the industry even for people who don't really pay attention to star wars for star wars mm-hmm. like that's always such a huge part of what george was trying to do and what still happens with star wars yeah like they're they're even using the volume now for like thor i saw uh uh taika is using it for thor for the new thor movie and then of course he'll be using it for um he'll be using it for uh like his star wars movie whatever that ends up being so yeah. yeah, we didn't talk about that at the start, but like he Taika's movie is something like we don't hear too much about, but he's mm-hmm. apparently done with the story. Uh, so production on that's moving forward and he's focusing on it more now. So I've been really excited for that. I don't want to divert yeah. too much from Bad Batch, but he'll probably be the 2025 movie because we know yeah. that there's movies coming out in 2023 and we know that one specifically is going to be Rogue Squadron, which is the thing that I'm most excited for. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have probably his based on timeline in 2025 and then we have another in 2027 um the difference is you know because for a while there there was a movie every year and i liked that but i don't know i honestly think that i prefer if it's got to be one or the other i like having so many shows because it's like i think people get a lot less tired of shows um you can skip an episode and it's like it's not a big. I feel like when it, whenever a Star Wars movie comes out, there's so much like pressure for it to do so well immediately in box office. When like, I don't think that same pressure is there for the Bad Batch because you know that like, yeah, we're all watching it now. But eventually, it's just going to be like, you know, people are going to be picking it up. Just like a bunch of my friends haven't watched Clone Wars, they probably will eventually. A bunch of my friends haven't even watched Mandalorian yet, but like, mm-hmm. like you know, they will at some point. So it's, I think it's good. Yeah, like the other thing with that is like kind of connected to it is that when a movie comes out, not just the pressure for it to be good, it's like it has to appeal to everyone Mm -hmm. where like when they announced so many shows, there was more of an understanding of like uh, even my own reaction was I'm not as excited for Bad Batch as much as I have enjoyed it now that it's out. Mm -hmm. But 
there's they're willing to explore more genres with that and Mm -hmm. i think people are more okay with the show being more specifically tailored as opposed to a movie Mm -hmm. so yeah i do think movies still have something special because like you usually can't get the same scale that a movie has with a show you just can't and i and that's why i'm happy that there's both so i definitely prefer uh, i'm i personally could do a movie every year and shows running all the time i don't know if you know that's enough for if if the the rest of the fan base could could support that but yeah yeah like i'm not sure what the sweet spot is for mm-hmm. having enough content without oversaturating it i think the shows we might start feeling a little bit oversaturated next year cuz there's what like four of them coming out there'll be so, a show on it every, all the time yeah like there will like, always be one running pretty much that'll be great for us at least at first but i just i don't want it to be too overdone but yeah. then you look at what the primary method of ingesting Star Wars was in the 90s with the novels, and it was, I think, uh, every other weekend there was yeah. uh, a Bantam book coming out. So I also, like, I, I rip on Marvel because I'm just i not a huge Marvel guy. I'm not saying Star Wars can support Marvel level, of because with Marvel, they do, what, like five movies a year? Like, on a regular year, or three movies a year, maybe, and then shows. I just feel like if people aren't burnt out from that much Marvel... I think Star Wars can probably, you know, yeah. maybe not reach that level of movies, but I do feel like, you know. Maybe the more the movies start, like, branching out to different stuff, because, like, even though Rogue One and Solo were technically not main saga movies, mm-hmm. like, Solo is about Han Solo. Rogue One is about the Death Star. So it's, like, direct prequels to Episode Four with major characters. Whereas with the with the Marvel stuff, I think there's more of a... Like, oh, I like the Iron Man movies. I don't watch the Captain America movies. Yeah, that's their big benefit. They've got all these mini universes to draw from, which Star Wars doesn't quite. But yeah, even Um, though Captain America ended up being like Winter Soldier was Avengers. Yeah, they kind of trick you with that, don't they? (laughs) Um, Winter Soldier. Well, not so much Winter Soldier, but like uh, Civil War. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one shouldn't have been an Avengers movie, I don't think. That one didn't feel like an Avengers movie to me. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. Wasn't Avengers? Was oh, it was. It was Captain America: Civil War. It was Captain America: Civil War, which just had all the Avengers in it. Yeah. So, like, I don't feel like that's a Captain America movie either. I don't know, (laughs) but yeah. For me, like, a big thing will be if they can keep up the content or the quality of the content. Like, I thought the Bad Batch was great. I I never felt like it was being rushed. Uh, Obviously, the Mandalorian doesn't feel like it's being rushed. Whether people have problems with it, but I don't think. People are calling it a, a cash grab. I've never heard that called. No. I've never heard that used. And the same thing for the Marvel shows, really. I still haven't watched the uh, Loki one, um, but I actually quite enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, yeah. I haven't watched either of those yet, but I did enjoy WandaVision. I really wasn't thinking I'd watch any of the shows, but mm-hmm. uh, especially WandaVision when it was announced, I thought it was kind of a weird premise, but I really yeah. liked it. So, yeah. For- I think I liked it a lot more than you did, though. Yeah, I was kind of, for me, yeah, I wanted them to go a bit more experimental, but um, maybe that's, I, I hear Loki's kind of like that, but I, like, I never have any interest in, like, uh, what's the show called, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or, like, yeah. Green Arrow or any of those other, like, um, hero superhero Green shows. Arrow DC? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, anyways, Bad Batch, uh, the last scene you wanted to talk about. 
Did you get Mount where? Tantus when you saw it? That's what I, I recorded my reaction, and that's the first thing I said. I was like, that looks like Mount Tantus. It doesn't look like Mount yeah. Tantus, but yeah. It looks like it probably was designed by someone who had at least read the Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it'll be Mount Tantus. No. Maybe someone will get that name in, but I think they're going to do it. I do. Really? Yeah. Okay. If, I, I, I kind of hope they do, but I don't know. If you would have asked me like a year ago or a year and a half ago, I, w- I would have said no. But I really do think that... I think that Disney realized that w- while the sequel trilogy sold well and financially was a success, I do think that they realized that there was a portion of Star Wars fans who were a little bit unhappy and I do think they are going for something a little bit like that's proven. Um, and I think that um, I think they're going to try to put their own spin on the Thrawn trilogy as much as they can. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really setting setting that all up. Like I I I could see the cloning like that being an aspect of uh, because like we know that. So what I kind of feel like is I'll just give my theory, then I'll let you go. Um, My theory is that Palpatine is, I mean, I think this is not just my, this is most theory. Palpatine is getting uh, Nala Say and other, probably other Kaminoans to help with cloning projects so he can, you know, achieve eternal life in some form. Yeah. My theory, however, when it and uh, like I think that's that's why those guys are there. That's what that patch means. That's what, that's what the uniform means. However, when it comes to the Mandalorian and Doctor Pershing, I think he was one of those guys, but I don't think that's why he's using that technology. So, like when it comes to Grogu, um, or like the experiments that um, that like they're trying to perform on him in the Mandalorian. I don't think that's to forward that project. I think that's basically uh, Moff Gideon getting his hands on some technology and trying to use it to further himself. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I could see the Thrawn trilogy kind of... Because like for those who haven't read the Thrawn trilogy, the books, for one, listen to our podcast on them and read along. But the books sort of go, especially the, the first two, they have Thrawn kind of collecting all of these little pieces to his plan. And I can definitely see that place being one of those pieces, just like it was in the books. Because Mount yeah, Tantus, like, yeah, you should, you should explain what Mount Tantus is too, because there's probably a bunch of people who don't know what that is. Yeah, so like Mount Tantus is an old imperial storehouse with uh, there's a bunch of Sparty cloning cylinders in there, which in the Thrawn trilogy, Thrawn uses to train his. Uh, or to create his own clone army. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's other stuff. Like, I think the cloaking device was in there. Uh, so it's yeah. basically a big, lost Imperial storehouse on the planet Wayland. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's definitely kind of what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just the specific name, Mountain Tantus, that I'm not sure about. Yep. I and mean, if this is going to be Wayland, but it looks exactly like it looks exactly like wayland would have it's just there's the I, other I could imagine luke and mara on their 100 kilometer truck through the woods yeah <laughs> but you're right there are it, there's even there's mountains right yeah there's multiple installations in it so uh we'll see if they give any particular importance to one or the other if it's like one mountain range and it's still mount Tantus. Mm-hmm. but if you even look at the uh 
kind of original designs of Mount Tantus. It's the same general idea of like towards the top of the mountain, you have the entrance coming in, yeah. which they even recreated in Empire at War when it's they made the way. It's got a big map. like uh, hole down the middle, doesn't it? With like, yeah, yeah. So like, I definitely think it's meant to serve the same purpose. And I, I do think that what they're doing with Thrawn kind of does follow that. It's just, I think like Thrawn stuff is going to be tied a little bit more into uh, Palpatine's goals rather than just being his own and uh, taking the Empire's resources and using that. Maybe there will be more elements of it, but it mm-hmm. it seems like this is now being big, built in as more of a direct thing that Palpatine was always working on and that someone like Thrawn would have been brought into. Mm-hmm. Uh I just feel like so, at some point Palpatine would have moved that stuff to Exegol. And I feel like that would have happened yeah. by the time. So like yeah, I like I don't think I don't think that Thrawn will be doing Palpatine's bidding. Um I'm not that he's doing Palpatine's bidding, but just like rather than it being Thrawn is collecting all these resources to do mm-hmm. uh something that is not necessarily originally intended for it. I think there will be a bit more of a connection between what Thrawn's doing with the Empire and Palpatine still existing out on uh, on Exegol, mm-hmm. like rotting away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think there will too. be some connection there. Yeah, I can I can, I can definitely see that. Um, what was I gonna say? I gotta say though, the, the Bad Batch has been doing making some really cool Imperial installations, uh, and it really makes me wish there was like a new Jedi Knight game where we could break into those and like steal some <laughs> stygium crystals or something. Because well, like, that was a really a couple cool years. We'll have a star Wars game. Yeah. Because like the mountain itself is, is a really cool design as well. Cause it's like, it almost reminds me of early concept art they did for Scarif where like it was, it was ridiculous, but they had the death star being built inside a planet. It's just like how they, and this, it looks like they've almost like propped the planet up and built the thing in there where they've, you know, cut away a part of the planet. And it's just like almost like this mega engineering project. It's very cool. Obviously, something very important is going on there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's obviously no mistake, too. Um, uh, it's pronounced Nala Say. Can you shut the fuck up, Gordy? No. <laughs> It's no mistake that they showed that uh, character with the uh, with the thing on her on her chest. Yeah, it's- yeah, because that was something that people were kind of theorizing from like the first episode mm-hmm. of the Mandalorian, I think, yeah. of like what's the connection of Pershing to the Kaminoans, and now yeah. cool to see that transfer into the Bad Batch as well. Yeah, there were a few other things I noticed. I'm just kind of rewatching some of it on my monitor here. Um, for one, you see it's only clone commandos, I'm pretty sure, there. Yeah. I was looking for Delta Squad. I didn't see them, but who knows. But So there's a more boring, in my opinion, option as well, where this is just some sort of base for the new uh, Project War Mantle. Um, and it's just like a big training facility, and maybe they're trying to grow their own clones as well. Um, I don't think... That's the case, but it's definitely possible, I think. Yeah. One thing that I haven't liked in the last few episodes is the idea that the Stormtroopers are TK Troopers mm-hmm. and that the TK designation is uh, like a universal Stormtrooper designator. Instead of just that uh, TK-421? Yeah, instead of just like some subset of them that just happen to have that designator. But like, 
in the Clone Wars, they also had CT as like all the stormtroopers have that designation. And who knows what happens when yeah. uh, you have so many with the multiple. I wonder about R2-D2 sometimes also, as well. Yeah, like, but that, that's more like specific droid model. So yeah, rather than like an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though they all seem to be kind of identical when they're. Yeah. Just thrown with you never stuff. you never meet another R2D2. Because <laughs> Pablo Hidalgo actually was asked about this on Twitter, uh, with the meanings of the of like TK, FN, and all that stuff. And uh I think it part of it with like FN was that it like Finn's designator was that yeah. some people originally thought like, oh, is that everyone who was on the finalizer? Oh but yeah, that would make sense. Also other or other stormtroopers that are explicitly mentioned as being FN something on Starkiller Base, so that doesn't really fit. Mm-hmm. But like, and ultimately, it's just all nonsense terms, is what he essentially said. Yeah. So trying to like make backport TK as the universal designator for stormtroopers, we know that wasn't the case. I think you could still weird. you could I think you'd write those that off as two different things still yeah. if you needed to as well. Like the TK yeah. could stand for like Tarkin's know. original ones, and that's why they're on the Death Star or something. Yeah, who knows. But yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention about um, Mount Tantus? Just uh, <laughs> really forcing that label on, aren't we? I was right about Luke in the Mandalorian. No, yeah, it wasn't. Who did? Who did me and Charlie say? Did Charlie say Kyle Katarn? I think he said Cal Kestis, or did you say Cal Kestis? I think I no, maybe I said Ezra and he said Cal because that was the only Jedi. <laughs> I, w- that... I could totally see him saying Kyle Katarn though. <laughs> I will. It was either like he just learned about Kyle Katarn and wanted to be Kyle Katarn, <laughs> or it was that like Cal was the only Jedi he knew because of Fallen Order. You so mean Cal Kedis? <laughs> right. Yeah, I wish Kal-Kedis. I, I wish I could pl- could learn about Kyle Katarn for the first time again, just to experience that. Just that giant meaty hand coming down. Hey, you need some help getting up. <laughs> What if you learned about Kalkatarn for the first time by reading Legacy of the Force Ooh, or Dark Nest? Not great. What an underwhelming like, story. Where was this yeah. dude during the Vong War? <laughs> Come on, man. We needed you. Uh, but yeah, He was off doing uh, top secret things. Yeah. Top secret. Yeah. I got nothing else on uh, Nalase's adventures at, uh, at Mount Tantis. Like, it seems like it'll factor pretty heavily into... Uh, into season two but like do you think that part of season two might be a rescue attempt on Nala say because it seems like Omega is relatively attached to her I didn't think I hadn't considered that until you said it I do think it's possible but I don't think I don't think so yeah I think it's possible but I don't I don't think the bad batch will try to rescue her um, I don't even think they'll find out her fate. I think that might just be a setup for future shows, but I can also see her somehow getting a message off and being like, please help me. So, Yeah, because like the, the main reason I could see them not doing that would just be like, if Nalase gets out, then like that information gets out too on what the Empire is mm-hmm. doing, and it seems like no one really knows about that until much later. Yeah, so that's definitely a problem as well. But she just forgets all of it, or Bad Batch never actually bothers telling uh, Rafa and Trace about it to tell Bale. Um, did uh, is this show connecting more to the wider universe than you expected? I don't. 
I know that's something that comes up a bit, but I don't think it actually is. Well, it, it's showing some of the broader trends of the galaxy, and it's showing some pretty important stuff like mm-hmm. destroying Kamino and uh, hinting at what's going on with the Empire. But as far as what the Bad Batch themselves are doing, I really don't think it is. And I think that's what's important Mm -hmm. is that it's able to show how much is going on in the galaxy without making it the most important thing in the world every time Hunter goes out for groceries. Yeah, it's like they're like they're on Ryloth, but like they're not, you know, causing the revolution or anything. Although in that case, they do do kind of they do kind of get involved. But like, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's like at this point, the Empire is like an unstoppable force and like. They can't like they're not going to be able to do anything about it. Like they're just living it right now, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah, they haven't really stopped the Empire from doing anything all season. Yeah, really. Exactly. Where in Rebels, it's like you feel like although their struggle is still, it's not like as to the scale of you know the original trilogy. You still do do feel like they're a very big part of history. Yeah, because they're they're setting they are the ones who are setting up the Rebel Alliance almost directly. Yeah. They're the new Star Killer, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, they really everything the Bad Batch does that relates to the Empire is less they're stopping the Empire from doing something, and more they've made their choice on how they're not going to be part of that system, yeah. which I think is powerful in its own way. But it's not the Empire stopping uh, saving Lothal from Grand Admiral Thrawn. Maybe we'll get into a bit more of that in the next season, but it, it, we're so early that. They can't really do anything permanent to mm-hmm. take away the Empire's control. Mm-hmm. How many seasons do you think the show will have? Three. Three? Okay. I was Three. gonna ask you over under on four, so there we go. I think What's your over under on three and a half? Mm. I th- I think it'll be four seasons. But I wouldn't be surprised for it to be two. I wouldn't be surprised for it to be three. I don't know. The hotel or the lawn care? Hmm? The hotel or the lawn care service? What or whatever it was. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. Four seasons. Four seasons. I forgot about that. Yeah, the, the lawn care service with the uh, with the, the big <laughs> event at it. Yeah. Like, I'm really only saying it because, uh, like, Netflix seems to have hit on the whole three seasons is pretty optimal yeah yeah so when there's so many other stories they could tell and like rebels only went for what for itself for you uh clone wars ended up going for seven yeah but that was my thing too where it's like once you get past two or three seasons that you start to get in a time where there'll be a lot of shows but i don't know Mm -hmm. I, i do also feel like it's good for them to have one um flagship animated show so well, do you think they'd be because that'd be three years from now? Was the show announcements were everything up till twenty twenty five? I don't think was so. it. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think they said set? everything. I think they really just laid out all the shows for the next two years. Yeah, because um, like I could see them maybe seeing the success of Bad Batch and be like, "Oh, we want more of that specifically." Mm-hmm. But I could also see them doing these three seasons and somewhere within the next year starting production on another show to come out the year after Bad Batch season three ends, because mm-hmm. that'd be reasonable turnover. That'd give them a good indication. Like, yes, this animation's working. People want more of it mm-hmm. without trying to like cram it all uh, into one era. Yeah. Yeah. And without trying to like keep finding things for the Bad Batch to do and finding new scenes where Omega can say tick. 
<laughs> Rekka! Yeah. No, okay. I, that, I think that's a good argument. Uh, do you want to give kind of your... Anything else about this episode you want to talk about specifically? Blue Sky and Kamino? Uh, it's like I, Total I Recall? Think... Blue Sky on Mars? Well, I can't totally recall anything else that I really want to talk about from it. I think we hit on all the major points. Anything uh, you? I like the sea. I like the sea monster. I hope. Um, I hope when they do like the episode breakdowns, which they do uh, a few days after the episode comes out, I think they do it Tuesday. I hope we get a look at the three D model for the sea monster. I always love the the fauna. Yeah. So oh yeah. Me too. Cool. But yeah. I, I I mean I think we kind of gave our general impressions on the show. Is there anything you want to say that we didn't mention already? Oh uh, yeah, I guess just uh, Rip Camino. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it, it's every city. They did mention taking out every city, right? Like the Bad oh, Batch they? was focused on Tapioca City, but I think there was a line of like every city on Camino has been taken out. Was that in this episode? Right? I'm not sure. Was the hesitant was, clone who said that. Part of it. I, I did like how that clone was clearly not super impressed with what just happened. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Well, that was an epic." People are saying in the chat they did say that. Okay, I didn't even hear that. Okay, so. cool. Like part of my thing with it would have been like, oh, are they acting like Tapioca City was the only city on Camino? Because mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been very sweet. And that that I was just calling it Tapioca City to make that joke. Mm-hmm. So if we could all just appreciate that for a second, yeah. But yeah, uh, I do like that they haven't. Because uh, I, I don't know if another city's been like confirmed to exist in canon, but I'm glad they didn't kind of minimize Camino to that one city. Because that would uh, kind of lame. I think we do have some some emails to answer. Okay. Uh, I tried looking for for any reviews that we've got since the last last yeah, time, but I don't know which ones you usually look at. I didn't find any. I so. checked yesterday. I'll check again today. Do you want to I'll pull it? up the emails while you do that. And. Uh, all right. Our first question comes from Matrix Fifty Four, who is asking two questions. The first is essentially, what do we think about the possibility for a Star Wars and Marvel crossover? Since we've not going to happen, talked about a lot of that today. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Maybe once Marvel and or once Disney decides to make a like Smash Brothers style game, that'll have a bunch of Star Wars and Marvel characters in it. But I think that's the the real big shot for it we could see like a one of those like funny joke comics like han going to earth or like whatever where it's like drawn in a funny style so nobody thinks it's canon but yeah that's the most i can see yeah i don't think we're gonna get any major serious production on that mm-hmm. there have to be something cheap if it does happen yes. uh matrix's se- second question is if you had the option to take out any star wars character to a bar legends or canon got so drunk that you sang the karaoke for sweet caroline who would it be i'm trying to say admiral akbar because i know like he'd stink at singing and i'd look like a just a legend next to him um yeah i was gonna say dex but i think i like your answer more <laughs> other than that um i don't know that's a good question any others that come to mind for you dex is a good one um I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who would be fun to drink Colin with. Colin Card, I think, would be fun to drink but... with, but you might like end up losing your wallet or something. 
Yeah, it is, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's Definitely a- not Rosh Pennon. No. Fuck Rosh. Good question. Though. Ralph like- Ron. Ralph Ron. I'm, I'm going in on Ralph Ron. Ralph Ron or Dex? Go yeah, with uh, Gethzarian. Oof. That's a... Uh, <laughs> She's not. She's on house arrest on Dathomir, so that's gonna yeah. be hard. <laughs> All right. Our next question here comes from Christopher, who asks: No matter how divided the Star Wars fandom may be, one thing they will always agree on is their hatred of Jar Jar Binks. Having grown up with the Phantom Menace, I don't understand the intensity of the hatred, as he's always been a pretty mech character with a few high points. What's your opinion on Jar Jar and his role in the prequels? He's annoying. He's he's for kids, but even as a kid, I remember thinking Jar Jar is annoying. Um, I, I think, love Ahmed Best, but I agree with all of that. Yeah, yeah, it sucks what happened to Ahmed Best. It was really sad, like all the trauma and like just bad shit he had to go through because people didn't like the movie character he liked. But Jar Jar is really annoying. Um, and you know what? On the um. On the whole Sith Jar Jar thing, I do think it's possible that it was that George did have some plans for him. Um, I'm not sure. Um, Sith Lord, I, I don't quite know that, but yeah, yeah. I like. I think the whole like hapless, good natured political stooge was as far as that was gonna go. But yeah, like. I've kind of softened on him over time, but he's still he's still an annoying character. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, and our last email for the night comes from Joel, who asks, do you think that the final scene was Mount Tantus or that we may see the Mandoverse play out? Uh, but yeah, I think we, yeah, we talked about all that already. I say yes, so he sorry, says no. Joel, but <laughs> No, that's, that's not what I said. You said it, well, I just mean name. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, I think you, you've brought me around on it. I think you've okay. convinced me. Yeah, I'm on board. It's I'm like signing it, off on Mount Tantus. If, if you're going to have it be Mount Tantus and function, you might as well throw the fans a bone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just checking. I think I read this review before. Let me just pull it up. Um, Is it the one about Harry Wookiees? No, Stringy Whiskers. Okay. I, that doesn't sound familiar. Consider me bristled. This podcast really bristles my stringy whiskers the right way, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Listening to Yellow Dog Man and Fake Star Wars Explained unload an absolute dump truck of lore is the highlight of my week. It is such a relief that the only Star Wars podcast out there is actually decent. We should put that as the any promotional material we do. We should just put actually decent in quotes. (laughs) Here's a nice one from uh, J.S. Thomas, which I don't think I've read. Uh, He says, if you like Star Wars or reading, this podcast is for you. Heck, if you don't like either of those things, then this podcast is for you. I can't remember how long it's been since I actually laughed out loud at a podcast. The commentary is great. The reviews are accurate, as any opening can be. And hearing about the escapades of Incel, Luke, and Thirsty Boy, Corrin, has been an absolute blast. In all seriousness, this podcast is excellent. There were quite a few books from Legends I hadn't gotten around to reading. And after starting to listen to this podcast, I've been slowly accumulating those books I was missing. All in all, a 10 out of 5. Rating. Keep up the awesome work. I'm looking forward to future episodes. Thank you very much, JS Thomas901 and Jeremy of M. Uh, I kind of, it was JS with the longer one and Jeremy who was bristled. Really appreciate those. I'm just checking, um, just checking for the, if there's any others. But yeah, that's really, uh, those are some really nice reviews, guys. All right. I'm going to check my Twitter DMs to make sure I said the right book that we're doing next week. Because. Okay. 
Uh, I think it's the Claudia Gray one, but uh, I just need to be sure. Uh, but yeah, so Into the Dark. It is Into the Dark. We're confirming that now. Next week is Into the Dark. Uh, but well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we, before I prematurely go into the outro points? No, I think kind of a short one, but no, I think I think that's pretty much all I had. Fun episode. I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to a book next week. And what is it after Into the Dark? I think we... Is that back yes, to that Young Jedi Knights, then Black Fleet, I guess? That'll be our next yeah. four episodes. Yeah, I think we're doing Into the Dark next week by Claudia Gray. Then we're going to do the next book of Young Jedi Knights, which is... Del- Second last? No, not Delusio Granger. It's... Uh, it's isn't that like isn't it the one where they go underwater? Uh, Crisis at Crystal Reef. Yeah, I think it might be Crisis at Crystal Reef. Yeah, let's see. So we just did Emperor's Plague. Nope, it's Return to Ord Mantel hmm. next. Okay. Who was on the cover of that? Is that Tenel Ka on the cover of Return to Ord Mantel? Let me see. That okay, interesting. So we'll do Return to Ord Mantel. The week after Into the Dark, then we'll be doing. Uh, oh yeah, only one arm, definitely Tenelka. Shield of Lies is the second one. Tyrant's Test is the third, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So Shield of Lies will be after that, and then we'll probably finish the or we'll do the second last book of Young Jedi Knights the week after. Yep. Trouble on Cloud City. Then it's just Crisis at Crystal Reef left, and then that's it. Yep. Do we do? Uh, do we combine any of the Young Jedi Knights ones, or do we just no? I want them on their own. Yeah, do them on their own for sure. All right. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to shorten my time with uh, Young Jedi. Well, Knights. we could do a comic to like we can move into a comic series after we're done with Young Jedi Knights as well. There's a lot of comics. Yeah. No, let's not combine any. Let's let's keep it as okay. All right, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, make sure to leave a like and subscribe to both the YouTube channels. Uh, if you are not listening on YouTube, and or if you want to listen to the podcast instead of watching us, um, then you can look up TapCaf Transmissions. That's T-A-P-C-A-F Transmissions. All your favorite podcast places. So, yeah. 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 That's pretty great. Send us an email question thought everyone's in this question no one sends us thoughts like i gotta think when you send me a question send me a thought that i can just read uh that's, yeah, that's tap, 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 tap gmail. and if you want to read if you want to leave a comment that i will read for the next episode try to work nate dog the the uh the beloved rapper into the comments sometime somehow nate dog Rest his soul. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.